It truly is a labor of love. It's how I show my love. I, there's nothing I enjoy more than plying people with food and um, anyone walks in the door, the first thing I would say is, are you hungry? Can I get you something to eat? Um, and I just love, I love that the kitchen and this table is the gathering place. There's just something about sharing and being very mindful and appreciative of the bounty that God gives us. Um, you know, that, we, that there is enough for us. There is enough to share. It's with this call that we find ourselves around the Boyd family table. John Boyd, our president and CEO, is Scott through and through. And Tanya Boyd invited us to join them for their traditional family cuisine, an act of love and joy, and an invitation into the holiday season. The Boyds opened their house so we could share stories, break bread, and hear their heart for MAF. Tanya has been working on the foods you'll hear about for nearly a week. Recipes from Scotland and South Africa, desserts of all types, each one of them a unique plate that they've kept with them as a tradition these holiday times. As we eat our way through the courses, readings and messages will be told from fields and times afar and about upcoming horizons. Please join us for this special MAF time at the Boyd's traditional Christmas. It is a pleasure. It's lovely to have you all in our home and a very warm Scottish welcome. And because it's free for all, I mean, you're going to hear things today that you'll just wonder what they are, but we're going to have a hoot as we enjoy yeah, this time together. We, we just are. And our son, Stuart, of course, uh, Alana, our daughter, can't be with us, and Ashley, our daughter, can't be with us. Well, we will start off with some Scottish oat cakes and good cheddar cheese and some butter. After that, we will then um, have some haggis pie, and this is made in the traditional Scottish way. And then we'll go on to some nice um, dessert sweetmeats and spicy treats and finish off with some truffles. Well, let me, yeah, I'm going to just okay. dish up some. Oh, you're going to dish. Oh, Jolly. Yeah. Oh, yes, because they've got happy cows. <laughs> yeah. All that green, luscious grass and, I mean, the butter, you're right, the butter's even amazing. I'm glad you qualified the UK, Chris, because Scottish cheese is the best. <laughs> Not that you're biased. Not that I'm biased. <laughs> In our home, even if you don't know the, the answer to your question, John is asking you, if you answer anything about Stuart. Scottish or Scotland, even if it's completely wrong, you'll get points <laughs> just for giving the Scots the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Let the Scottish win. Let the Scottish win, yes. And it does have a yeah. spice to it. Yeah, I mm -hmm. made papery oat cakes. Mm -hmm. You can have the plain ones, but we love the, the extra spice. That's how we weed out the rats and the mice. <laughs> This makes a lovely little Sunday supper or something as well, you know, just cheese and crackers. Mm -hmm. The oat cakes are just more hearty than just a plain processed cracker. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can put honey on them mm -hmm. as well. I was going to say the butter yeah, cracks really mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. yeah. And honey and cheese is nice together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Size of satisfaction. Uh -huh. mm. <laughs> first course. Okay, so they're all passed. They may advance to the next. Mm -hmm. We have some entertainment prepared for all of us. Oh, before we have our yes. haggis pie. Yes, yes. Jolly good. What we have here is, is a poem that was penned by 
Jacqueline Rearson, who is an MAF missionary in the Congo. They have Christmas down there just like all the rest of us, but it is different and there are some unique quirks that uh, only happen when you're somewhere at Congo. It is in the fashion of a famous Christmas poem, and uh, I think you'll catch on really quick what it is, as the name of this poem is, "'Twas the Flight Before Christmas." "'Twas the flight before Christmas, and all through the Congo, not a creature was stirring, not even the bongo. The people were tucked in their homes with great fear of political tensions that loomed ever near. But Brett in his uniform, handsome and bright, must fly to Moncorto and there spend the night. So away from Kinshasa he flew like a flash, and his wife gave a prayer that the plane wouldn't crash. The sun on the breast of the blue morning sky with rays of bright brilliance that glint as they fly. They made a quick stop in Semendua where they filled up with gas and got back in the air. And onward he flew till Lope they came to with a two hour stop to complete all they need to. Brett watched as his passengers set up a spot and pulled out their papers and down to work got. Then he walked over yonder to check out the labour of two men with shovels and two of their neighbours, who had not done a bit of the digging at all, yet there for the photo they stood strong and tall. The runway now wider, their pride was quite clear. Then they tried to sell Brett their great-grandfather's spear. And the goat that was needed for food Christmas night was tied up and tucked in the pod snug and tight. Then they flew to Moncoto, more work there to do, and Brett did the things that all good pilots do, before tucking their airplanes to bed for the night in the heart of their jungle with armed guards in sight. Then Brett looked around at this place he was at, shook hands with his host, then held onto his hat. You took my line! <laughs> it flowed. <laughs> <laughs> for the ride on the motor was bumpy and quick, and Brett was sure glad that the road wasn't slick past jungle and palm trees and bamboo and huts and small little stands to buy spices or nuts and brightly dressed women with loads on their heads and children who watched them till fast they had sped. And at last they pulled up to a house made of bricks with a cook hut out back, its roof thatched with sticks. Yes, there at the end of that hot, humid day, to get rid of the grime, there was no better way than to jump in the river to cool off and swim in murky black water that's inky and dim. Is it safe, Brett whispered, would anyone know, if I dove in the water, disappeared down below? Are animals lurking? But how can you tell if you can't touch the bottom? This won't turn out well. And since all of the others jumped in without fear, he dove in and wished that he'd bought that man's spear. The night in the jungle was spent without dread, and he woke the next morning refreshed in his head. He readied the airplane, at midday they'd need it, but first a quick trip with a guide to the market. A guide with a different language who spoke, not a word of the same one that Brett did, no joke. Now hurry up everyone, come on, let's go. Into the plane we must not be slow. Then back to Samandura for to get gas, they'd planned just a quick stop then head home at last. Wait, what's that? The passengers have a request. 50 kilos of bananas. That place has the best. So Brett made a quick call and arranged for the fruit. 
to be waiting right there, they'd load them and scoot. For a limit was there that could not be exceeded. The sunset was coming, and time must be heeded. But what did await them beside that grass strip? Was more than bananas, and Brett bit his lip. Bananas were there, oh, and pineapples too, and a goat, and some packages, not just a few. There were forms to fill out now, and weights to be taken, and mathy type things that must not be mistaken. When what to his wondering eye was there to see, just off to the side, bring that one right here to me. Brett pulled back the cover, and to his surprise, a small baby croc looked him back in the eyes. Oh my goodness. What is this, if you please? And his jaw dropped a mile. On my plane, you would like to put this crocodile? Then up jumped a passenger, voice clear and strong. Hey, you with your croc, mister, you've done wrong. These crocs are protected to laws are no stranger. No crocs on this flight, for I am the park ranger. Now then, said the pilot, feeling slightly relieved, we've got to get going, we've got to make speed. More rapid than eagles, his Cessna did fly, for daylight was fading and sunset drew nigh. Though what can be handy in times such as these but a 30-knot tailwind to add a slight breeze? Kinshasa at last, and Brett hurried and landed and got all the rangers and cargo disbanded. And Brett headed home to his kids and his wife, who was thankful to see he had not lost his life. And they all laughed together as families do about all the fun things of which I just told you. One last thing to say as I wish you good night. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to all, all and, and no crocs on, on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> When the missionaries on the field, Christmas time isn't always the snow and decorated trees that first come to mind. Instead, like MAF missionary Brett Rearson found out, it could be crocodiles, bananas, and a great-grandfather's spear. At the Boyd's home, though, if John can manage it, there's one item on the menu that stands above the rest, and that's haggis. But the haggis pie, the haggis itself, and where, where we get this one from, this haggai, which is not the plural of haggis, but anyway, <laughs> this haggis from, is from a company in Scotland that started in 1297, Whoa. the year 1297. This company that still makes haggis in 1297, this company was started in Scotland. So <laughs> that's just a bit of history. And then I wait all year to have this, and it's a treat for me. So let me read to you from a poem written by Robert Burns, who is the most well-known poet, of, obviously, in Scotland, commonly called Rabbi Burns. Now I'm going to try in a Scots accent, and then I'll translate into English. So, Ode to a Haggis. Fair fire your haunts, honest sonsy face. Great chieftain o' the puddin' race. Aboon them are ye tak your place. Prince tripe or therm. Will ye are ye wordy of grace, as long's my arm. Okay, now you want that in, in vernacular English? Okay, so, nice seeing your chubby face. Great chieftain of the sausage race. Above them all you take your place. Belly, tripe or lynx. Well are you worthy of a grace, as long as my arm. Ye pars my mankind ye care, and dish them out your bill of fare. Old Scotland wants in his stinking wear, the yelps and luggies. But if you wish, her grateful prayer, gear a haggis. I love that part. <laughs> your powers that make mankind you care, and dish them out their bill of fare. Old Scotland wants no watery wear, that slops in bowls 
But if you wish her a grateful prayer, give her a haggis. Isn't that brilliant? So we're going to enjoy some haggis pie. Thank you, Robert Burns. Robert. Now, I know everyone here is filled with trepidation about eating haggis. But this is great. Don't think of what it is. Just enjoy it. This is traditional Scottish fare. There's apple in there as well. Yes. It's got a lovely flavour. Scotland, get that dunya. Brilliant. Yeah, so good. This is a totally different presentation of the haggis than what I had. Because I had it was like mashed potatoes on top of the haggis. And this has a lot more layers and more complex and the crust on it. Yeah, really good. And the apple, too. Mm. And the apple, I touch. I like the apple with the crunch, but mm -hmm. yeah. So is haggis made differently now? Mm -hmm. Without the stomach? Mm -hmm. Sheep stomach. Mm -hmm. Or the line? Yeah, yeah they what, make what it just the haggis? same. <laughs> <laughs> How do I explain haggis to you? But haggis is a really, really, really old traditional Scottish dish, which mm. originally, because it was very, very difficult years in Scotland, where they uh, it was very poor... And they used what they call offal, or the entrails and everything, and they, that's all they could get, and minced it up, mashed it up, and put it in a sheep's stomach and boiled it, and that's what they ate. Now this particular one is actually a lamb, lamb and vegetable and seasoning spices, this one. And today it's not, well the traditionalists will, will still have sheep's stomach, but this is like a sausage skin in that. And so haggis is more the way it's just put together, the spices and all that, it's not the actual meat. It's no, there's no, no meat called no. haggis. This is um, pork and sheep and oatmeal and spices. Mm -hmm. What parts of the sheep and pork? Every what part. parts? Every the part. heart. Mm -hmm. the, See, that's, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's the kicker. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Sounds like a nice steak. That's been mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not they don't waste like anything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, traditional cooking was like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. They used every part of the animal. So, what's the consensus? Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That is good. <laughs> that apple really, really mm -hmm. set it off. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's just the tartness to add. It's a good reason for the season, but not the reason for the season. Mm -hmm. I guess it's not. Christmas is for another reason. Ask Chris Burgess to read the Nativity story. So, Chris, if you could take it away for us. Luke 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I will bring you great news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. After reading of the Christ child's birth, our talks turn toward other traditions and activities that only come but one time a year, and how the boys celebrate the time around the house with music, both more traditional and less traditional. Family, we tend to do the traditional foods more than anything. Um, I love, love the bagpipes, and I love at Christmas going on to YouTube and that and doing the, the Mast Highland pipe bands from Edinburgh and everything. It just, it just, and they do a lot of Christmas tunes on the pipes as well. Um, the, the most famous one everybody knows is Amazing Grace. And, so that's the kind of things we do. I, I, of course, will totally bore the family. Um, and on our TV, we'll put on um, the, hot, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. <laughs> I was waiting, I was like, Red Hot Chili Pipers? Loudly. Pipers, live in Glasgow. And I'll tell you, they rock. They rock. Actually, it's lovely. The it's very festive. It's, it's upbeat. It's, it's, it's not traditional. It's so good. And I'll have that going when guests come over and Tanya will say, switch it off now. But they love it. It's so fun. And yeah. it's and it, it just reminds me of the blessings we have of, you know, of, of Christ this time of year. And also, I just think of so many people who are not as blessed as we are. So, so Scottish Christmas with us is mostly the way we, we do the food and what we serve and everything. Do you incorporate any of your heritage, Tony, from South Africa? Do you incorporate mm. any of that into the food and things that you guys do? That English trifle over there? Um, yes. Christmas is not Christmas without a trifle. Mm. In Scotland, they would call that the tipsy laird. Tipsy laird. I've kind of carried that through with us. What did you do? You missed. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> we always know when Stuart's you know. home. You can find a food around the table. Stuart Boyd, their son who's with us, accidentally put himself in the spotlight after having the unfortunate first table mishap. But it wouldn't seem an uncommon event for him, and being surrounded by good food and friends, he fondly recalls what some of this food already means to him during the time he's been traveling with his parents and sisters with MAF. That, I think the combination of, of that and just the memories behind it is what brings good feelings with it. So it has emotion packed with it, not just a great tasting treat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of something that when we visit family, uh, when we go to Scotland, everyone has scones. And uh, you can always... Uh, that's something I always look forward to as well because scones are very different in America. Uh, so the only person that makes what I'm used to is, is mom. And then mm-hmm. when you go to Scotland or somewhere else or even South Africa, they're the same, uh, which is cool because that's like something that I'm very used to and, and, and reminds me of uh, just good times that we've had growing up and where we used mm-hmm. to live and, and the family that's there. So scones do hold uh, not just a sweet taste in my mouth, but a sweet memory as well of something I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we all hold on to is memories. I mean, you, your family traditions, 
you know, in my family, it was very Scottish. I mean, you can imagine. So Christmas was the same kind of foods. Um, not the pie, because my dad was a traditionalist, and we'd have the haggis, and that was it. But everything else you see, that you know, the oat cakes and cheese, the mince pies, the ekofechen, scones and jam. And we have here, Tanya will share it later, but a few other things here that very traditional. So it just kind of reminds us, and I was just thinking as we were speaking, you know, that's, what is Christmas? It's about Jesus' birth and, you know, the history behind that and everything. So, so for me, it's a very special time of year because it just reminds me of how blessed I am and how what Jesus' birth has meant to the world. And, and that's tradition, you know. You've got to have symbolism, and symbolism in our family is a blend between Scottish and South African. Which Tanya, of course, is just a master at both cuisines. Yeah. So much um, revolves around food and you know <clears throat> feasting, and it makes us feel warm and loved and secure. And we've got we're aware of our roots, and I think there's a, a a place for feasting, and Christmas is just a wonderful time for that. But we particularly like snacky food, don't we? Like a whole variety right. of much things. More of a, Quantity over, not quality. Variety. Quality either. Thank you. But we like the variety. Maybe choice and variety. Oh. Okay. Well, now, do you want us to go ahead, or do you? I think now, if John, you have a message prepared for. Oh. Well, thank you, Paul. Yes. One of the things that I enjoy most is being able to reach people with thanks to so many around the world. I mean, I'm just thinking at the moment of a Christmas message, and I think, I think of the privilege we have, A, of knowing Jesus, uh, those of us in MAF, and those of, those of, of you who, who pray and support MAF, it, it, it never ceases to astonish me how God's people are so faithful. And I think Tanya and I have been sharing with you now I mean, about our time on the field when, needless to say, we had nothing like this. And Christmases were a very lonely time because we were far from friends and family. And that's my heart to all our MAF staff overseas now, or those remote. We do get it, we understand it, but we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your continued faithfulness and service. Although Tanya and I have reflected too, we too are far from friends and family here. Although we've got friends here in Idaho, but our family is back in South Africa and Scotland. So for us, it's really a, a field of service, this one, because we are away. But, but when I think of what MAF means to, to so many people, and I do see the sacrifice, and some people have chastised me for using that word, the sacrifice of serving overseas, because it isn't a sacrifice, I get it. But in a way it is, you know, you are far from home, so... My heart's cry and my prayer for you this Christmas is simply this, that you would sense God's presence more than you ever have done. And know that although you don't see leadership as much as you would have liked to, you're never, ever out of our thoughts and prayers. So to all MAF staff across the world, here in the U.S., our remote people in the U.S., uh, to the other MAF groups who may watch this, bless you all this Christmas. And then, and then to our, our donors and supporters, you know this, but we could not do what we do without you. We're all parts of the body. I understand that, and I'm so infinitely grateful to Jesus who allows us to partner with you, and you to partner with us. 
I was in chapel, our chapel this morning uh, at a retirement celebration for one of our dear families who have served 42 years with MAF. And it, it just is astonishing how they have been faithful through some very difficult times, through questioning and everything. But as we, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, I, th I think to myself that that baby lived 32 years and then was crucified for us. And our salvation is because he is with us. And so this Christmas, I want to read you a little poem that um, I found some time ago as I close. But from Tanya and I, our beloved family, Stuart, Ashley and Alana, to all my MAF brothers and sisters across the world, thank you for what you have been doing, certainly these past 10 years, as I've had the privilege of being your president and CEO. And I, I just know that God has a unique plan for all of us. He has a unique plan for MAF. And I just praise him for you all. So thank you. Let me close with this very short poem, which I thought was just delightful. It's called A Christmas Prayer by Nancy Brumet. I said a Christmas prayer for you because the season's near. I didn't ask for riches, but for gifts so much more dear. I asked for joyful gatherings with your family all around and for carols to inspire you with their old familiar sound. I asked for quiet moments in your heart on Christmas morn for a special time to celebrate the Savior who was born. I asked for friends to send their best that you might know they care. I asked for peace and love and hope and I know God heard my prayer. May the spirit of Christmas bring you peace. The gladness of Christmas bring you hope. And the warmth of Christmas bring you love. May our Lord and Savior be so close to us all, as I know he is. And thank you all once again for everything. No better way to finish off such a sweet time. Some sweets. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so what do we have in front of me is the scones and... And you call them yeah. scones. 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 These are crispy cracklets. It was the very first thing I ever made as a child. And my children have all, our children have, have <laughs> made them. Yeah. And I hope that that's actually something that they pass on. It's just chocolatey, cornflakey, sugary, cocoa goodness. And I've been, I've been asking to introduce these. These are Scotch whiskey truffles, handmade by my beloved wife. Now, I will tell you this, the alcohol is burnt off, obviously, but it's the taste that is so good with these. My dad used to do a lot during Christmas and New Year with scotch, whiskey, and don't get me wrong, but it just adds a unique taste and flavor. And as I said, the alcohol is burnt off by the time you have it, but the taste and flavor, so these are scotch whiskey truffles, made, by the way, for those of you who know, with a single malt scotch whiskey. So there you go. We finish our time off here exploring the sweet side of the menu with crispy cracklets and scotch whiskey truffles, as well as mince pies, ecklefecken, ginger fudge, coconut ice, tea cakes, and elderberry lemonade, just to name a few. We leave here with a full stomach and full hearts as we wait for the coming Christmas day. I want to thank you for spending this holiday season with us. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the Boyds, hearing a playful Christmas poem from Brett and Jacqueline Rearson, listening to the Nativity Story, and receiving John Boyd's Christmas message. 
Thanks also to the rest of the MAF staff that were with us. Jennifer Wolf, our resource coordinator and writer. Chris Burgess, communications and media manager. And Tracy Worry, director of marketing and communications. I was happy to be your narrator and producer, Paul O'Brien, MAF's media producer. And a huge thanks out to the Boyd family opening their home to us and preparing all of the fantastic food for us to enjoy as we spent the time together. And specifically Tanya Boyd, who did work for all of this fantastic food and the many trips and time in the kitchen and in the store to make it all happen. If you like this podcast, stay tuned and subscribe to MAF's podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website at maf.org slash podcast, where next year we will be kicking off our first ever podcast season for you to enjoy, and I hope you come along with us. But until then, all of us at MAF here give all of you a very hearty Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs>